Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily, and my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Today's guest is Sydney and her dogs, Oso and Reese. She shares about her beloved boy and girl and how they impact her life, but also not just the normal impact, but the impact of actually becoming a dog trainer because she learned so much about dogs and their behavior, and she really wanted to help other people. She learned the hard way, folks, and you'll hear a little bit about that today. Before I forget, I do have Sydney's Instagram information. If you're in the Chicago area and would like some help, she is there. So be sure to look her up. I was introduced to Sydney by Lex. And if you didn't hear her episode, that was last week's episode, episode 38. Here is today's trivia. Are you ready? What famous Roman leader was so impressed with the English Mastiff that he brought some back home with him? Have a listen at the end, and you'll find out. Enjoy Sydney talking about her dogs and the many lessons that she's learned. I have three. I have Oso, who is a five-year-old going to be six in April. Wow, Oso. Mastiff Mix, he is pretty much the one that started everything for me. Um, He was my first dog as an adult. And um, yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. He is dealing with some dog reactivity, uh, dog aggression type stuff that did start popping up after he was attacked. Um, quite a few times actually over the past few years, but, uh, he is doing better now. Um, and then I have Reese. She is a Roddy mix. Um, she is a very special and unique dog. Um, she was found in a park in Chicago and brought to my house after jumping around uh, different police homes for about a week. And when she got to our house, she knew nothing and, and was that dog that was terrified of everything and everyone. So she had some uh, fun, quirky behaviors, if you will, that we had to deal with. And then finally, who I currently have is Wizard. Um, she is not one of my personal dogs. Um, she is a friend's dog and, uh, she's a little lab, a little yellow lab with so much energy and just wants to go, 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 go. So your babies, you've got two that are your own. What have they brought into your life? What kind of joy or happiness? Like what, what do they do for you? Oso is my boy. Okay. He's my baby boy, boy. Um, and he actually has provided a lot of stability for me in ways that I didn't expect. Um, I got him when I was a junior in college. I played collegiate soccer. So um, having a puppy whilst being in college and playing soccer is like really, really hard. Right. You can imagine. Um, So he's been with me through some really tough things, like hard things. So he, he, he really does provide that bit of grounding and stability for me. Um, I know like when the world gets pretty overwhelming or, you know, I've had a really bad day. Like if I just take him out for a walk, just me and him, like by the time I get back, that I'm, I'm back to like level balanced me again, you know, um, Reese, <laughs> she is outrageously loyal. And I know people love that trait in a dog. It wasn't something that was particularly huge on my list, but she has honestly shown and taught me what loyalty truly is. Um, She was found in uh, a park park in Chicago. She was found wearing a harness and a leash, and that was it. 
she was emaciated. Um, she, it, obvious she had been living either in some pretty gnarly conditions or just not being taken care of. Um, so she was brought into the police station. Everyone wanted her. She was about eight to 10 months old. My vet estimated when I got her. Um, and she was terrified of everything. Didn't want to walk on grass, was afraid to go in the house, would only go potty on the concrete. Um, if you were anywhere near her with food, like resource gardening at the wazoo, like teeth, snarls, all the things. Next, Sydney shares about the traumatic event that changed her dogs forever. Fortunately, she took a journey and she figured out how to help her dogs. So be sure to listen to that part as well. Yep, it, it was great. He was like that perfect companion dog until a year old when he got attacked. And we were out on a walk and a dog came up to us. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it because it wasn't the first time it had happened. And usually I just let, you know, they say hi, they do their thing, and then we continue, right? right. Well, that one did not want to continue um, Oso is a large dog. He's a very big boy. Um, and with big boy status comes, you know, just like with people, people who got to prove themselves. Right. Right. So cue first attack. Okay, cool. Well, he was still social after that, you know, still okay with most dogs. There were a couple, you know, where he was like, no, I don't want to go and say hi. And we're like, okay, cool. Whatever. You don't want to say hi to everyone. That's normal. Um, cue. Um, my boyfriend was out walking both Oso and Reese in the uh, apartment complex that we were living in. There's like a little community, townhome community thing. Um, and someone else came out of theirs and somehow their dog's leashes were not on and, or got out of their hand or something. And the dog ran up to my two and the one walked right up and immediately jumped at Oso's throat. And after that fight, (laughs) That was quite a fight. My boyfriend got bit up. Um, my Yeah, it was not fun. Um, after that, my sweet, wonderful social dogs were no longer social. Right. At all. Right. Like, it was not fun because we had a vet appointment the next day. And that's, that's how we truly found out the extent of the damage that had happened the day before. So what did you do? Like, give us the steps to help other people. Cause you learn the hard way. And so if you can share with the listeners, that would be wonderful. What did you do? So finding the professional first, opposed to trying to go my own route, definitely is going to be my biggest piece of advice to people. Right. But from there, trust your gut with what you're doing and what you're seeing. If, if something seems fishy to you, well, trust it. That's okay. Right. There are other people. And if yeah. there's that's what we're in the cold day and age where you can go out and find people online. <laughs> online sessions are a huge thing right now with a yeah. lot of people in the training community. I've done a bunch on Zoom. It's true. Just, I've, I've trained people in California. It doesn't matter. Zoom is wonderful. It's very visual too. You can show each other what's going on. So yeah, that's a great recommendation. Yeah. Be ready to be, be willing to give the time. The time it took to create the problem, if not double, that is going to be what it takes to fix it. So patience is really a thing and be ready for a journey because it isn't, it's going to get better, but there will be those ebbs and flows for sure. There will be those ebbs and flows and you're going to feel like you made your three steps forward and five steps back. But then you know what, after a while it's five steps forward and then two back, you know? So 
stick with it, be ready to go on a journey, find a professional trainer and be willing to admit to yourself that, you know, maybe I am somewhat a little bit a part of the problem sometimes because Mm -hmm. more often than not we are. And the sooner we're able to admit that, the quicker our progress comes about because we're stopped denying it. And we're able to start saying, okay, yeah, I see there. That's right. where I need you to go to your bed. Right? Right. right. right there. That's what I, I was just telling, I gave you a cookie. Why did I give you a cookie? Cause giving <laughs> you a cookie shuts you up from working, but I just reinforced your bargain. Right. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> once you're willing to have that honest chat with yourself, once you're willing to, you know, really, And this is the hard part. This is where we as humans have to kind of step away from our emotion and kind of analyze the situation and end up doing what is truly best, right? Even if it is kind of hard for us at first. Like I didn't want Reese out of the bed. I didn't want Reese off the sofa. I didn't believe in crates. I I thought crates were the worst thing in the world. Yes. But again, yeah, that's funny. I get it. The dog that completely changes that for you. And again, that was Reese. That was how she was able to be in the house. That was how we were able to have her around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so be open, yes. be open. Not everything you think is right. Unfortunately, I wish it was, yeah. um, but crates are not bad. They actually can be very helpful, especially when dealing with different types of issues. The hard time that we've had this year with COVID and being alone in things, what have your dogs brought to you during this hard time? that has helped inspire you and keep you going? They give me an outlet. They give me an outlet for play. So I can be very frustrated, right? And again, this is where everyone's bond with their dog is going to come into play. But um, Oso, again, is very, very in tune with me. He's actually my therapy dog, not my personal one. Uh, He's a therapy dog. We go out and do therapy work. Um, Nice. So, so like, he's a super sensitive guy. He knows, he knows when things are messed up. Right. Right. So uh, at the barest hint of like me being off kilter, maybe I had a hard day at work. Right. Maybe, maybe someone in the family got sick. Right. Uh, My boy knows how to come up to me and he'll start rubbing his head on me and, you know, interrupt that kind of downward spiral, if you will. Right. And it's even better because then he'll run over and grab a toy and he's like, come on, let's play. And when your dog is staring at you with a toy in his mouth and a play about and that little tail and booty's just wiggling, I don't know how people have the heart to say no, but I honestly cannot. <laughs> Gets me every time. Every right. time. I still see that little eight-week-old puppy and the first time he did it. Uh, that's neat. So... So in a lot of this hard times, they give me, they, they remind me, Hey, live in the moment, friend. It's, it's fun. It's easy. Right. You can do this. Right. Have a little fun. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I asked Sydney for some book recommendations because I love books about dogs. Right. And sometimes to be honest with you, I don't read books, but I listen to the audiobooks. So here are some titles for you to think about listening to or reading. And then and do you have any books that you would recommend, whether they're serious, like training or fun, just about dogs or even children's books? Because I love books. I'm a librarian. So one of my favorite books for people in general, well, this comes more so from for the pit bull type people. Um, mm-hmm. I think that everyone should read 
the American Pitbull. Um, it is a wonderful, um, and it truly does. And the only reason I'm even bringing this one up is because of recently I've had an influx of a lot of people with, you know, the shelters clearing out with a lot of pit bulls with a lot of issues, right? Right. Staffies, bully mixes, whatever maybe. And a lot of people are very much into the, but I was told it's how you raise them. Mm. That is true to a point, but we do also have to remember there is a genetic component with a lot of these things. And I think that book does a great job of explaining, you know, Hey, this is the journey of this breed. This is what we as humans playing God have done to this animal. Right. Right. And it's really insightful. Hmm. And, you know, it asks you to look things kind of differently I think like for me I was very much it was all in how you raise them you know it's it's I was fully that person yeah until my bull mastiff mix trying to attack other dogs right because I know he was raised right I know I did it yeah so it wasn't how I raised him I'm positive of that part Mm. right so yeah. for me, that was a very hard moment. And, but that book very, it helped bring a lot of clarity for me. It really did. Is it, is the title Pitbull, the battle over an American icon? Is it that book or a different one? I'm trying to look it yeah. up while I'm talking to you. Yeah. Is that it? It's that one. For a children's book. Um, if you haven't read Shiloh, if you don't have Shiloh, I think that's a problem. If you have not read, I love it. <laughs> Sorry, hey, that's struck am, me so funny. <laughs> I love it. I am a grown adult. I am a grown adult, and I think I read that book last week. <laughs> Where the Red Fern Grows. And I think that's a very good book, um, especially for children that may be dealing with um, pet loss, just mm. because if you're unfamiliar with book um the dogs do uh, spoiler alert my friends I'm sorry the dogs do end up dying yeah but the journey for the child I think is the important part and how the he ends up growing up with the dogs and you know kind of the effect they had on him and how they shaped his life and how they kind of taught him those different lessons about different things and I think that's a wonderful book again I know that's a classic but (laughs) the book not the movie my friends Are you ready for the trivia answer? Well, I looked at the AKC, which is the American Kennel Club website, and I found an interesting history fact that I thought people would enjoy. So here's the answer. An invasion of Britain in 55 BC, Julius Caesar could not believe the bravery of the Mastiff. And so he took some back home with him. And unfortunately, he didn't use them for a really nice purpose. He used them for battling wild beasts and human gladiators in the arena. A better use of the Mastiff was in medieval England, and they were used as big game hunters, nighttime guardians of estates, and war dogs. Further on that article, and I will link it in the show notes, of course. A sad fact, but it gets better, don't worry, is that after World War II, the Mastiff breed in England was down to like 14 dogs, and the Americans helped with the breeding of Mastiffs and was able to bring it back up for England as well. But of course the Americans are grateful to England because that's where they came from to begin with. 
If you're wondering why I'm talking about Mastiffs, by the way, it does tie into today's show. And that is because Asso and Reese are both Mastiff mixes. And I think you should know that. And I thought it was an interesting fact. I will have the links in the show notes for not only those books that Sydney recommended, but also the AKC article that I used. Come back next week because I have a really interesting, very different kind of episode for you. If you're into astrology, you might enjoy this, or even astronomy, you might enjoy this. But it's kind of a different episode because we look at, is there any validity in the whole personality thing and connecting dogs and stars? So I had fun with this. I have a friend that really believes in it. So we had a talk, a discussion about it. And I think you'll enjoy it as well as her story about her own dog, Philly. We'll see you next week. 